Welcome back to another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. We've got a great episode for you guys tonight. We've got another special guest from you guys from the Montreal Red Light, Nelson Vargas Diaz. But first, our favorite time of the year, playoffs. playoffs. We're going to circle back to the Quad Cities here, guys. Uh, Playoff predictions. Literally, it's my Christmas. <laughs> let's go. We're going to give you guys our opinions and everything <laughs> like that, but let's get squared away. Yeah, let's do this. All right. So let's pull up the uh, standings. Should we start with D1? Always. All right. <clears throat> start with the worst league, D1. Nobody likes it. Uh, but I assume Crew is in first. Nick leading in goals. Bobby leading in assists. Fantastic. So wow. Was, we so, have turned the page this year. No, I, I just thought we just edited in like the last episode we did this or the last time we did this, this or the last time we did this. This is not a repeat crew. Uh, I think we're both going to pick crew. But if I can tell you. I'm not going to pick crew. Who are you going to pick? Uh, I'm on the fence here. Either me, Domino's, or Duck City. Okay. My theory I here, like where you are. Yeah. I like where you are with Duck City. Because Duck City, they picked up Xavier. Mm-hmm. Marty just had a shutty the other night against us. I had a shutty against you too. Not impressed. Two shutties in two games. Not impressed by that. But I think Duck City can make a solid run if uh, if DMAC is there for every game. If Darren McMillan shows up and plays hard. But they, they don't have a lot of weak links. No. Which is good. But I think Crew is the obvious favorite. But, well, I was talking to Pat. The wild card here. Pat is highly confident. Highly confident. Like he's throwing all of his chips on freaking dominoes right now. And I'm, I'm a little bit intimidated by his, you know, confidence in their team. So I think you guys, I don't know if he's going to carry the show or whatever, but well, there's a few variables in crew right now too, that might not carry through the playoffs. So I mean, Nick, the biggest one. Yeah. I mean, 143 points in the season. So they're obviously the best team in the league, but what happens in a few weeks once ice starts and once people, yeah. Transition out. It's going to be interesting to see. We'll so see. I'm going to, if I have to make a call between us, Domino's and Duck City, I'm going to, I'm going with me. Crew's the favorite. Crew's the favorite in Vegas. So I'm not going to take crew. Everybody that's listening is going to take crew. I'm going to take, should I take uh you want to go with yourself? What? I no, thought... I can't take us. We're garbage. <laughs> we don't even show up. We'll forfeit. We forfeit you games because nobody shows up. I hate it. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's annoying. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually I'm gonna put my money on Duck City. I think it's a you, solid you bet. Take you? Yeah, I'm going with me. All right. It's keep, a solid bet. Duck keep, City's a good team. They're very keep your glove up. But so two plus <sighs> boy. Our favorite that's league. been that's literally my favorite league. Not just because I play in it, but it's like there's just a balanced league. I mean, Daly's is in first right now. They got a game up on everybody, but yeah. Duh. Okay, so they won't be in first, hopefully. No, we'll, uh, Irish Mafia will be back in first. We'll be back there. I hope so. What's our power play percentage, by the way? It's got to be good, right? Yeah, 60 is leading the league. Oh, good. That's that's We're strong there. Yeah, Daly's is number two at 46, and then it falls. Well, it doesn't really fall off. Deckhead's at 42, Coffee Hound at 43, The Mound at 14. But my, my fear with Daly's is the additions that have been made, which is the Jurases, right? Both. Mm-hmm. And they're they're capable of whatever. Yeah. I mean, I could see both of them showing up real well. And Chad in that, right? Chad. Well, in the dailies, we know are they're competitors. When yeah, it, they when it's like time to, to win, they're gonna turn it up. So we'll see what happens. But hey, look at Canelli. Six ones. So far. Till Womack gets one more. 
That's but true. Womack's a playoff player. I gotta, I gotta say, it's. I think it's gonna be Mafia. I want to pick us so bad. Uh, I'm not gonna go. I'm not picking anybody else. I'm picking Mafia. It's gotta be Mafia. We're 100%. due, man. We're so overdue for it. But I would say that Coffee Hound gave us a lot of trouble last year, and they're the perennial. They go deep in the playoffs every year, regardless well, of what they do in the regular and who season. Do, they who go do deep. they have in that? Coffee Hound. Yeah. McWilliams. Hmm. Not exactly the highest of stats here that we're pulling up here. Number four in the league out of six with an 845. Yeah, they play good in front of them. Yeah, exactly. And they can produce. And they can really produce. So, who are you calling? I feel like it's cheating to pick Mafia, but I just want to win so bad. Same boat. I'm going to pick Mafia as well. I would say if we don't win, I'm... Who's your second pick? I'm going to say Coffee Hound. That's what I was going to say. And I don't think Edwin Jones can pull it out. No, I'm, I'm sorry, Caspers. I have no faith in you. Although I, the team not to sleep on is Deckheads. Pat. Oh yeah, they're Pat'll good. Put the they... team on his back. Hopefully, he'll focus on D1. Because <laughs> I've given up on D1. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't sleep on Deckheads, but I'm I'm sticking Irish Mafia. I like it. The I stats like it. are there. The numbers are there. Plus twenty two in goals that leads the league. Everybody's rooting for Mafia, though. I think there's a general consensus across the entire world. So, so let's move to D two. Leading the league, Dakota's killing it. Yeah. Carsten's too. They're, what, six points off? Well, I think uh, Dakota is uh, kind of a put-the-team-on-my-back kind of guy. Yeah. To, to the point where he, he gets his head down a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. <laughs> but he he gets a job done, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, he could tighten up the screws for sure, but he's leading the league for a reason. I mean, dailies right now are in first, but it's – Super tight between the top three, and honestly, I wouldn't count out the Eagles either. They're a good team. So playoffs here, I I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, Daly's been on a skid. Oh, they were zero for four until a couple nights ago, and finally yeah. pulled out their first win in five games. But I was I was wondering about them a little bit. So we'll see. Sometimes I think they have a tendency to run themselves out in the first. I think yeah. you were mentioning that because you spend a little more time on their bench, where like uh, the other weekend or whatever night it was they were playing on the other deck i was refing, but i was actually refing qc mutiny and i th- think it was beady bandits might have been deckheads i don't remember it was a great game though no it uh they were playing bandits because dailies were playing uh deckheads okay so I yeah remember that. it was it was bd and qc mutiny and the the i'm basing it on that game i'm gonna take mutiny they got rots fisher played out of his Freaking Gord. I'm not going to take... I can't take him. Who's their goalie? Um, they don't have one, and that's why I'm not taking it. They don't well, have a roster goalie. they have goalie. the other night? Pick one. Pick a player. Name a name. I don't know, but I see Dilly Philly right there. Philion's... Sean's played in their team. They don't have a roster goalie. Wait, Sean, were you in net for them the other night? No. They don't have a roster Dude, goalie. but they turned it in, and I think that it doesn't matter. I think whoever they put in net, they're going to play well in front of them. They're just going to outscore people. Well, except playoff rules where you only play for one team. So once that... So have they been taking two-plus goalies and having them in? Yeah, look, it's D3, D2. Let's actually look this up right now. Who are their rostered goalies? They're not their rostered, but they're eligible goalies. Shawnee, Nikki, Joe Dare. But Joe Dare plays for BD. In D3. Yeah, he's a player in that league, though, so he's out. Big D. Big D? But he has ice three, four times a week. And then, Sean, who do you play? Are you their actual goalie? 
And Sean, Sean and Big D are the only ones who are playoff. Well, no, you only need one. But Nikki's not going to be able to do it. So it's going to be Sean or Big D. Oh, yeah. It won't be Nick. Sean, you doing it? Boy. Playing out or playing in goal for him? Playing in goal. Well, they need you in net because they, they don't need have a goal. you in net, Ben. <laughs> like you got the you got the W last night. You didn't even play good, or last night, a couple nights ago, whatever it was. But that's why I'm not going to pick Mutiny. They don't have a goalie. Dang. They have zero roster goalie. I'm still taking them. I'm not. I'm going to roll go. the dice, baby. Nope. I'm going to go for the trifecta here. The dailies. The holster rots connection. I've seen a backdoor tip play from those guys like 55 times. Oh yeah. So they're the kind of team I think they can pull their goalie, and score a couple goals like if they're down by three they can make a hard push no they can produce they're they're a good team but there's just too much inconsistency gosh you darn. don't know who's showing up i know you're right but i still whatever i'm sticking with it forget it yeah but i one of the big things we're not talking about here and with the dailies is uh joel bowman he took a job in colorado so he's out for the so year so he's gone yeah that's a hole in the roster if i've ever seen one yeah so that that needs to be filled and I think that's where we've seen the slide in the mm-hmm. past couple games is because they haven't figured out how to fill that role. Yeah. But with, you know, a couple games left in the season and the other night they won handedly. I yeah. think they're figuring out how to I fill think that. the water might have helped them the other night. Like they played two games in a row in the water. And I think that they got kind of screwed over by it because they really rely on their wheels to get it done. And I think the water took it away and then they adjusted in the second round, like the second time around, two back-to-back water games, so they got literally they got their feet wet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the inter- I it's interesting. Uh, I think Howard was telling me the other day is like of their nine games or whatever they played, five of them have been in the rain. Really? So that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what the rest of the league's doing with their. Uh, it does get sloppy this time of year, but uh, I think the biggest factor for them is. Chad Canelli with OB in front of them. It's a solid. I mean, what are you going to do about that? If you get around OB, you're not getting a good shot off. And Chad is such a positional goaltender that. What are you doing? You got to squeak one on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can, you got to snipe him out or you got to get lucky. Cause Chad's typically in really good position. Yeah. And they really force you. Panic shots or bad shots. Still gonna stick with mutiny though. Nope. I'm gonna it. regret it. I know I'm no, gonna I, regret it, it. It's good for conversation though, because that's the rivalry, right? Yeah. Mutiny well, Davis. Yeah, I guess it'll be them. But don't sleep on BD Bandits, because dude, what do they have? Darren Nett? No, BD Bandits have uh Oh they Butner. have Plumber and Nett? No, they have Matt Butner. Oh. Oh, Plumber plays on three uh three plus? Yeah, he plays he plays a net down low, but uh BD Bandits are good. They're a good team. Plum's gotta step it up. Agreed. Plum's got to step it up. Plum, you're too good to be. You got to lead that team. You're slacking, bud. <laughs> you guys, you guys could easily win if you just tie tie your shoes. Like you got to squeaky hinges, and you gotta you gotta figure it out. But again, I'll, I think I talked about it earlier. The Eagles, they're no joke. Well, they dealt the dailies their first loss. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, Casper's so, uh, Dylan Ruiz is on that team. They've mm-hmm. got the same issue as Mutiny of like who's going to play in net that night. They have uh, a roster goalie, but it's well, like... Well, isn't it uh, Shane Nickel? Oh, no. Wrong wrong league. Sorry. Yeah, Shane Nichols are goalie. So they have a consistent, solid goalie. Yeah. Oh, they got my bro. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> they pulled him in late. Yeah. And he's been dishing. And look at the look at the roster. Dylan Ruiz, your brother, Kyle Mock, Sergey, Sergey. Brandon Evans, Jordan, Caspers, Ian Smith, Craig Morrison. Like, it's all there. 
Gosh darn, there's not a weak link on that team. I'm going to say Casper's 12 penalty minutes might be one, but we'll talk about that later. Well, that's just six bad calls. <laughs> you know, that's six times when someone errantly <laughs> ran into Casper's and then he happened to get called on some bullcrap. But they're actually pretty low on penalty minutes other than Casper's. They're a really good team. So coming to the playoffs, I think they're going to make a run. My brother and Dylan Ruiz have been playing on a line together, and they light it up. Dude, and my brother is sick on face-offs. Mm -hmm. No joke. He wins probably, like, I would say at least 80% of face-offs. He wins them, and he wins them clean. Well, right now, it might be a, uh Eagles mutiny first-round matchup. So we'll see. We'll find out. But okay. let, let's move to – because oh, a lot of those teams also are – in the three plus league. So Let's see it gets a, gets a little diluted. So three plus a lot of the same teams uh, and there's some overlap, but based on points and things, there's, there's, you know, different rosters, but they're very, very similar. So we got QC mutiny uh, currently in first with a game in hand. Uh, Triber Eagles deckheads D three tri city. I ref the other night. They played pretty well. I'd like to see Irish mafia a little higher up there, but I mean, it's a well-balanced league. It is, and it's going to be tough to call, but I, I think the front runner right now is Mutiny. You think? Yeah. There's just too much going on there with PJ, Dakota, Nikki Collinberry, and that. I, <sighs> Nikki's so good. What is her save percentage? I bet your save percentage is high. Uh, Looks like it's an 8-9. Almost a 9, though. Yeah. Well, no, they have a really well-balanced team and a lot of good players. I mean, they have Chris Thomas on the roster. He's his second goalie. He's not going to put up a lot of points, but he's going to block every shot. Oh, I see. So he plays the way Marty plays when Marty plays out. Exactly. Where he's just constantly a nuisance. He's always in your freaking way. No, they have a they have a well-balanced roster. So like PJ and Dakota do yeah, all the running. I was going to say again, PJ and Dakota get it done. And then, you know, just defensively strong, classic mutiny. So the I think the differentiator here is three-plus is the classic mutiny. You know, Paul Rosner yeah. team. Yeah. Where the D2 mutiny is actually run, I think it's Holst has it. Mm -hmm. So they, they're keeping the name, the franchise, but it's not the same organization. So I think my pick for D3, even though they're kind of low in the standings right now, kind of rounding out the pack, they're in seventh out of eight. But I got to pick BD Bandits. Really? Yep. They're on a skid, but I think they got the pieces of the puzzle. Again, Plumber, get it together. Ryan Plum. But they've got they got a couple of the QC blue guys. They got Darren Nett, who when he flips the switch and he's like he's chaos back in net, but he gets the job done and he plays the ball consistently. Like he he like I'm not gonna say he takes shots, but he like actively plays. Yes. Like he's very, very aggressive. So I think they could surprise a lot of people. So I'm gonna take a dark horse on this one and go with BD Bandits. No, I'm gonna stick with I think Beatney's the the pick here. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Let's move to D3. All right. So D3, I think it was a little bit of a compression from last year as far as number of teams. But the skill level has skyrocketed. Exactly. And that's why I think there's some movement. Um, but the QC Devils have been a staple in that league. I think I picked them last year. They didn't help me out. Thanks, yeah. guys. But right now where they're looking, and we talked about Dakota in D2, and we talked about them in 3+, mm -hmm. and we're about to talk about, about them again. I mean, these guys are on 100 teams. Like we were just saying, Joe Dare. Joe Dare's on, what, five teams? Four or five. And he refs. Like, guy basically just lives under the freaking shed. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Just parks his truck in the parking lot and then right. goes to work the next day. But I there's a lot 
of consistency in the last league. Decks of Hazard is solid. Irish Mafia is still here. Hornbuckle, who won at the last two. But I think QC Devils right now is the way to go. QC Devils is the way to go? I think I think you have to. I mean, you have Tony uh, Jacqueline back in net, who's yeah. playing like he hasn't taken a day off. Again, Dakota just raking in the league. I was going to say, I thought they had Dom in net. No, I'm, I'm thinking of a different... You're on Decks of Hazard. I was talking about the Devils. Ah, gotcha. You're talking about Decks of Hazard. And that's that's my pick, though. Okay. And that's my pick. And I told Dom this the other night. I told him in confidence, but now I'm going to have to say it all. <laughs> First of all, they have the best jersey combo. Best jersey combo ever. Wait, so is Dom play out for this? Or is he in that? He'll float between. I think it was the lower level Decks of Hazard, but he played out the other night. I'm not sure if it was this team now. I feel bad. But he stood on his freaking head. But I think he plays out for this team because he's got the orange gloves and they match. They look super well. But I think they can get it done. Well, between, I think, Carter, Lawson, uh, Sam Nelson playing out for that team. Zach Orwig, still a kid, but he's getting some work done. No, I'm definitely off track with Dom there. But but Carter, not typical of a Lawson, but Carter actually is, like, composed. Yeah, he's more of a... He's more of a finesse player. If yeah. you compare it to like Pat and Nick, where Nick's more the hands guy and Pat's more power forward. Bang. Yeah. Same same conversation between Carter and Bryce. Mm-hmm. Where Bryce is more that defensive, you know, stop. But he's like that. Player. He doesn't like I, I tend to see like whether it be Matt or Jordan or Bryce, they get they get their head in the game a little too much and then they get antsy and Carter doesn't have that problem. And I think it it is echoed by his points and he scores a lot of goals. And I think it's composure based. And I think he, he does a good job setting an example on that team, even though he's a young guy. Yeah, no. And now that's what I was going to say is Carter's still super young. Yeah. I, I don't even think, was he a freshman, eighth grade freshman? So he's developing to be a very good Who's player. Who's got top power play? I feel like we need to start digging into power play numbers here. 57. That's Irish Mafia. 57 for Dex of Hazard. 57 Dex of Hazard. That's my pick. Let's go. And a 75% on the penalty kill. Yeah, dude. That's strong numbers there. But that's second to my pick of the Devils with 80%. That's on the penalty kill, though. Yeah. I don't care about that. I do. I like defense. Don't take penalties. I just got done talking about Carter Lawson. (laughs) Keep your composure, bud, and you go in. You win. So, yeah, lock it in. Dex Hazard. But if we're going to talk about penalties, look at Domino's. Uh, they're in the seven hole right now of eight, but they've only taken three all year. Yeah, but they're down. They're 25 down goals. Goals def- Goal differential. Well, I'm 25. just saying. Yeah, they're playing super nice. Mm. Quit playing nice. <laughs> out for blood. So D3 open is a bit of a wild card. So uh, to clarify everyone on that. No one in this league can be ranked higher than D3. So you can be ranked D5, you can be ranked D4, D4+. The best team should ideally be ranked 100% everybody D3. And it's the anomaly league. I think that's a fair term is that, you know, we talk about D2 plus and D2 and 3 plus and 3, but then we have this open. So the team, I'm picking with Jiggly Wicks for what you just said, is they've capitalized on the ranking in the roster. Other teams in the league, if you scroll down, I think Nightshades has a really good chance too. But other people are they're playing with their friends, which awesome. Which I think is gonna be my pick there is Nightshades. I've ref a handful of their games and Dude, they're they, solid. They came out of the gate and they were banging. Dude, they're solid. Like I refed a, a game of theirs against I don't remember who the team was, but they won they had like a running clock. Like they just they shredded. So I think 
I think a lot the the thing in this league is consistency, and I think that's the problem that you'll find is like a team that is stellar one day might be off their game the next day. Well, it's if you dig into the rosters and you see the quantity of players on teams. Like we're looking at one right now. I don't know who it is, but it's uh, seventeen players. So they just are running over whoever is available that subs. day. Exactly. Yes, and that's not a good team to be on. So but, I, that's why I, I mean the points don't lie. Nightshades are in second, but I I think I can take them. I'm not exactly super familiar with Jigglywicks. I'm intended to take Mafia, but I think that franchise is just it's taking a downturn in recent years. They're not aggressive like they used to be, and that's why I'm hoping us in in two plus can can kind of save the name there. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think uh, and Sean, you play on this team. Like, I think Mafia is still playing with players that they're used to three years ago. There, there hasn't been the growth of the organization. It's like, well, they're on the team last year. Let's put it back. And like, if you look at the roster right now. Well, in the sub logic that you were just talking about, 15. one, two, three, four, five subs. Yeah. Six if you count Matt Lawson and Nat. But if you look at the rankings, it's four plus. D3, 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 four plus, four plus, four plus, four, four plus. When everybody should be D3 across exactly. the board. And I, I think that's where Mafia is going to have their and downfall And they got here. Sean and Nat. It's not like there's an excuse there. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you get saddled with a bad goalie. You can't find somebody and he's above kind of percentage. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta turn it up mafia. I want to pick you, but I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gotta go with nightshades. But I think, I think the call out and the main reason here, uh, is Brendan Smith who plays on a handful of teams. He's been in the league for a while. He captains a couple of teams and he's a bigger guy, but he's got decent hands He's not going to outrun you or anything, but he's composed with the ball. And he, he maybe he shoots a little too much, but I think it's a good thing. Yeah, he has he a takes laser. takes a lot of rips. And he's got a good shot. Well, and maybe it's a little bit of myself because one year we drafted him. He was my draft in the Winter Classic. Okay. And he played. We were eliminated, mathematically eliminated. We had one more period to go whatever and my brother and i played with him and we were just feeding him feeding him feeding him feeding him, feeding him. And so now he's like a shoot machine no the kid like not only his slap shot is good and accurate but his wrist shot he has a qu- very quick release he does and he has so, soft hands so, so I, I think if they show up and they take the game seriously they do and a lot of people are too cool for school when it comes to you know deck hockey and, oh we're just here to have fun like dude not in the playoffs if you want to win you're not here to have fun like winning is fun i'm here to have fun and i'm here to win and I don't like, I'm not having any fun if I don't win. And I think that he's that same kind of guy where they take it almost too seriously. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with Jiggly Wicks, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, For sure, Nightshades can make a run. Locking it in. Nightshades. <clears throat> Do you want to move on to four plus here? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go four plus where there's 13 teams. So maybe a lot can happen here. And there's a lot of subs, a lot of subs on a lot of these teams. So it's a tough one to call. But I think that the most important thing is power play because I think you take your stars and whichever team has the best core, get rid of all the subs, take your power play line, the guys that are showing up every single day. Take your stars and let them shine. Absolutely, which is Mutiny. And Mutiny is a good franchise. And I think, you know, not super high in the standings. Okay. But I think they can get it done based on core talent. And that's what carries you through the playoffs. All right. Now, I'm going to keep on the same theory and go with kind of stats and a core, but I'm going to go with goaltending here. And Zach rolling a 9-4 save percentage and a 2-2 goals against. It doesn't matter what you have a core for offense if you can't score. Yeah. You pop a few You pop a few in, 3-4-5 goals, and a 2-2 goal, goals against. Makes sense. You're going to win. 
So I'm taking uh, I'm taking the doubles. But as we continue down here, uh, D4, Mock, what are you thinking? So D4, another league where there's a lot of teams, 15. There's a lot of subs on every team. A lot of things can happen. Um, but I think I, I took the power play last time, and I think at this level, I maybe it's just because I refed a game recently, but I got to go with goaltending. I'm tempted to take Joe Dare because he's leading in every category. He's got a 9-5. But – he shows up late to games. That's true. Consistently showing up late to games, your team's either going to get a penalty or they're going to be in scramble mode, and I don't think that that's a playoff scenario. And I refed a game with Dom the other night where he was basically Dominic Hasek. He was making saves at the top of the circle. He was playing the ball. He, it was chaotic, and it was ugly, but he made it work. So that's... Right. that's I got to go with Colgan. Colgan okay. Water. Well, they're Dom, in the number two hole right now, too. Don't let me down, Dom. Don't let me down. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm going to, same theory, but I'm going to take the momentum from the summer tournament and their D4 win. Who? Fresh Ones. Ooh, good pick. I'm going to go with Fresh Ones. Uh, they, you know, it's a very consistent roster from what they had in the summer tournament. They got it. Also a BD Bandit team. Yeah. So who's their goalie? Uh, Joe well, Dare. That's Dare. That's <laughs> what I was just talking about. Yeah. Jeez. No, I, they have a really good team, honestly, top to bottom. You got Nathan Joyce. Uh Kate Coffin and a handful of players there that are just consistently good every game. Yeah. So they don't really have high performers, low performers. They're all capable of scoring. That's and good. You're only as strong as your weakest link exactly. kind of scenario. So that, that works a lot. But so let's let's move on to D5 here and let's round this out. Uh, it's going to be a lot of the same uh, names, a lot of the same brands. With BD Bandits, D5 team is in first right now. They do have a game in hand, at least when we're recording this. Uh, if nothing changes, Nightshades is in contention. Devils is in contention. It really could go either way. Uh, but I think what it's going to come down to is... It's going to come down to whoever shows up that game. It's, it, I mean, it's a toss-up. I mean, if you look at the top five teams, they're only 30 points apart. And in deck, 16 points a game. They're all tight. They're all right there. And this is a league that last year only had five teams. And they've expanded to 10. So some of that D4 plus and D4 talent has rolled down into D5. That's true. So if you look at it, and this, is, this isn't this is really a defensive league. This is about who scores. Yeah. And between the Bandits and the Devils, they're plus 38 in goal differential. And wow. you can't ignore that. I, I don't think defense and goaltending wins games here. It's who scores. So you're going to take BD? Uh, no, I'm going to go with Devils again. I, I'm going to take BD then because... Not only are they leading in points, which I think is not the biggest determining factor in this, but uh, Andrew Collins leading in points, leading in goals. He's a goal scorer, and he's got he's got Bobby's dad. Nice. And Bobby's dad, he's got his uh, his temper has been under control, and he's taken a bunch of shots. And like some of them are bad, but some of them are freaking rips. And we talked about it previously, though, in subs and having inconsistency of the team. They've only had 13. Yeah. They've they've played the entire year with their own roster. Well below the league's average there. But so I'm locking in BD Bandits. No, I'm going QC Devils. All right. I think that'll be a heck of a matchup, I think. Yeah. The the skill level at at the D5 level is a lot better than it used to be. I know that I I sometimes joke around about the, the skill level at that, you know, ranking level, but... It's really been impressive this year. I'm I'm excited to see what happens. A lot of good matchups in D5. But so 
All right, so do we want to wrap this up with the Women's League? Yeah. And I think the front runner is the rental guys. They've got a lot of people that played on Magic, Deck Magic, who has consistently won. Um, some of the points maybe have fallen off. I don't know if people have, have lost games, but typically Shelby is pretty high up there. She's only in fifth in points right now, which a little bit surprising, but I think they're a very strong contender, and I think that they're the obvious pick just because they have so much experience. I don't think they're the obvious pick, though. Look, look at Dropkick Jerky. Who's who's Dropkick Jerky? Who's our, who's our top dog? Aslan uh, Kulstra. Okay. Uh, she's a, she's at Palmer. Oh. Along with uh, Ricky, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your last name, Sweaterick, and then Brooke Siegel, who's also part of Deck Magic. And Brooke Siegel, she's one of the few women, I think, that has a halfway decent backhand. Yeah. Which, you know, the skill set, like... Like we've been saying with some of the lower levels, the skill set is improving dramatically. And there's been some blowouts and there's a bit of a learning curve in the women's league. But I think people are picking up the game quickly and there's going to be some upsets. Absolutely. And I, you can't, I don't think you can look at the top three as who's going to win. Those are the three, the rental guys, Dropkick, Jerky, or Jerky, Tracos. Those are the established teams. They have top-level talent, but there's new teams coming in, and right now they're just figuring it out. And every game, it's getting better and better and better. And I think the rental guys have the offensive firepower. I think they do. But it's tough when you got Nikki Calambari in that. Correct. So if you come to the end of the road and you're used to having Nikki Calambari at your back, and now you're staring her in the face and you're trying to score goals... God only knows what she's capable of because she stands on her head. Mm -hmm. Like she's always in position. She's a tough one. And a lot of these blowout games are not a lot, a lot of quality scoring chances. And you have to have quality, quality scoring chances against Nikki Calambari to get the puck in the net. Okay. I don't care if she's playing in men's league or women's league. You got to score on her. Mm -hmm. You can't have your head down. You can't just throw a chipper and they're not going to squeak in on Nikki. I agree. You get maybe one per season on Nikki with it's a squeaker. But so when it comes to quality scoring chances, I think that's echoed highly when it comes to power play percentages, which there's not a ton of penalty minutes for any team at all. But the shutdown defense that you're seeing with how many teams have a hundred percent penalty kill, a hundred percent on the penalty kill nine. And, and to me, that means that you're not getting, you're not getting quality Scoring chances. Yeah, nine of thirteen. So the only four teams have won nine out of the thirteen teams. Yeah, which I I just you you gotta you gotta get that open person, and it's gonna come down to one line hooking each other up, and whoever's feeling it, they're gonna find their groove and they're gonna score. And that's I, I'm gonna call the upset here. I think the rental guys are the proverbial or the perennial champion, but I think dropkick jerky is gonna take it. I'm going with the dark horse again. Yeah? I have to. I'm sorry, and I know the Lady Dailies have had a bad go of things. They doubt themselves, but they are freaking athletes, man. They're the rookie team. They've never done it before, and they're, every game is getting... They're figuring it out. Way better. They got their first win. They got their first win, and they're all athletes. I mean, they haven't figured out how to play hockey yet. But if they do, they have all the right pieces. You're in all place. gonna be in trouble. And we've started to see them connect the dots with some better passing. And if you make that pass, sometimes it goes into the corner, sometimes you're not grabbing it.
But once they start to figure it out and they start to connect those dots, they're trying desperately to connect those dots and they're, they're failing right now, but they've got the skills and they've got the athletic background. I think that it takes and it, I might be wrong here, but I'm taking them. You're going I'm taking with Lady Dailies. I like it. Go purple. All right. Well, we've got a 30 rack on it from Bush Light, so we'll see what happens. Three beers, 10 minutes, Lady <laughs> Dailies. Let's go. Flabongos for everybody. You're going all the way. <laughs> no, I think the Lady Dailies do have the opportunity to make a run. It's uh, They're an upcoming team, and like you talked about, their athleticism. So, all right. Friendly. We'll see if athletics can beat talent. All right. Yeah. Uh, but with that, we wanted to continue the trend of more exposure to ball hockey across North America. There's obviously a lot going on, and we want to bring in those different perspectives. So this week, we're going to go up north to Montreal and talk to Nelson Vargas-Diaz, who's a member of Montreal Red Light. One of the best teams maybe in the entire world, certainly in Canada and North America. Hey, Nelson, are you on the line? Yeah. How's it going, guys? Going well. Appreciate you joining us here today. Uh Introduce yourself to some of our listeners, give them kind of your background, tell them about the Montreal Red Light, things of that nature. Uh, well, Montreal Red Light are based on a five-on-five team that uh, started in 2000 and two, year 2000 and 2001. Uh, Paul Roy and Alex Burles were the players that uh, started as the leaders of, the, of that team. And then it came out, we won about the 12 national titles following that year uh, in the next 15 years and uh, here in Quebec there's a lot of uh, three-on-three over the last like eight to six to eight years the three-on-three has been really evolving quickly so and there's less five-on-five in Quebec at the moment so uh, we've turned it our five-on-five team we made two uh, three-on-three teams and we've been playing in the most tournaments we can together so that's pretty much it we also played in the world championships uh, uh, together as well with other teams from Canada uh, throughout the, the years as well. So so certainly some big names there with uh, Alex Burroughs and stuff like that. But uh, how did the Red Light team up with you? Have you been a member of the team since their foundation or did you come on sort of after the fact and, and how did that start? No, no, I'm, I'm not that old yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting it. I started in 2008. It was actually uh, Mike Tifo and Yannick Labonte, uh, who was now our uh, captain, uh, that brought me into the team uh, with them. So I've been there since 2008. Nice. So definitely some yeah. history there in the past, what, 10 years now? Yeah, um, exactly. There was a bit of change of guard, uh, maybe like uh, after eight years, so 2008, 2009, uh, the older players were starting to get uh, old. So the we had a little transition of about two or three years to, to recruit players and get, get the right guys. Uh, it's not only good players we, we have on our team. We have good good people that have good values as well, which is important, and that's what's made our success throughout the years. Right. So how, with your background, uh, what is your hockey background, and how did you get introduced to ball hockey and, obviously, uh, Montreal? I, I'm mostly uh, all guy. The guys that know me know I'm a really passionate hockey player. I don't, I'm not really the most talented, but uh, I love the game. So I want to play it uh, all year round. So even when I, I used to play, I played in France professionally, uh, Division Two, II, Division One, uh, just for three years. And then when I came back, uh, I wanted to find the opportunity to play hockey at a high level during the summer as well uh, on foot. Keeps you in shape as well. So. Uh, 
good for cardio and uh, I like the ambiance with the boys as well so uh, with the tournaments and everything so uh, I decided to to join the, the Montreal Red Light and that's how uh, it all started nice for me and I know Montreal you know team Red Light there obviously the history we we're just talking about and some championships that comes with some big prize money sometimes uh, how does that work with the team and what what's the initiative and goal of Montreal Red Light moving forward uh, well, uh, the national uh, titles that we win, there was no uh, no winnings involved. So, guys, uh, we were lucky to have a, a great uh, sponsor, which was our the founder as well, uh, Paul Roy, helped out uh, a big chunk. Like without him, uh, the Montreal Red Light would would not be as successful as uh, we were and we are. Uh, so he helped us uh, a lot on his part to, to to get the guys to get our our clubs to go. So. For those events, uh, there were, there's no winnings at the end. It's just uh, glory, right? So, uh, yeah. But we have played in the play-on event, which is the biggest street hockey tournament in Canada, or was because it, it ended. And we won that uh, three years in a row, winning uh, 25000 uh, twice and then uh, 40000 But some of that money we gave back uh, to different foundations, uh, like the Heart Disease Foundation and the Rapid Foundation, which is uh, with the people with uh, kids with Down syndrome. So we try to, throughout our success, try to give back when we have a chance uh, to players or to to different foundations. And we try to use that in a positive way to try to grow the sport. That's fantastic. Certainly gives... uh the entire sport a good name when you guys do give back to charitable causes and things like that. But uh, so you're talking about uh, the gentleman that kind of sponsors the team and gets you guys, I guess, up and running financially, but the name Montreal red light, where does that name come from? And, and how did that, uh, that brand develop? What's the inspiration? Well, that's actually a, an after hour club in the, in Montreal was actually, it doesn't exist no more, <laughs> so but it was, type after, of charity. it was an after hour club. So with the Montreal Red Light, yeah, it was, it's an after hour club in Laval. And, uh, that's was, that's was one of our biggest sponsors as well. So that's who, that's who helped us found the team with Paul Roy. They were good buddies together. So they decided to make, uh, the Montreal Red Light. Plus you guys are constantly lighting the lamp. We've certainly seen that. <laughs> quite a bit. Exactly. So, yeah. but, but so, so you said that uh, originally Montreal red light was a five on five team, but more has been playing three on three ball hockey, which we're a little more uh, familiar with, but what are some of the differences that you see when the team has to prepare for maybe a five on five tournament versus a three on three tournament? How do they differentiate from each other? Well, there's different strategies as well. Uh, I'm guessing three on three is a lot more man to man coverage. Uh, it's like that a whole time. It's like a marathon and you got to stick with your man and be patient as patient as possible and try to capitalize on, on the other team's uh, patience or, or mistakes. Right. And the nets are obviously three on three. The nets are smaller as well, so it's a lot more difficult to, to score goals. So it's more of a like a possession game. As five on five is you're wider, so a lot of skilled players or fast players can really stand out, right? So it's a different type of game. But we adapt well to both. So we we have different core players that are better on three on three, but on five on five they they excel as well. So we got a great uh, core group of guys. With the preparation. Uh, sort of the same, but I guess like uh, on the three-on-three events that we have here in Quebec, 
uh, they're based on one day. So it's a, it's a real marathon. So nutrition, uh, rest, uh, hydration, things come into into account during the whole day. So it's, you start at nine in the morning and the final is usually around uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. So it's pretty exhausting on the body. The next couple of days, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're postered on your bed, right? The five on five events, they're more based on a week. So you, if you have a bad game, you could adapt at the hotel room with the boys talk like that's, we rather five on five events, like during a whole week. And for that, like to be with the boys, the 25 boys during a whole week and, you know, talk hockey and do what hockey guys do. Right. So that, that's fun for us, but we like to, as well, the three on three. So. Well, that's how uh, our tournament is kind of structured that way, where it's over the course of, of a long weekend. So you do get a, a little bit of both worlds where you get to play the three on three and you do have multiple games in a day, but it's not an entire tournament yeah. in a single day. So uh, that's something that we often exactly. hear. But as far as the game itself, uh, taking away maybe the time frame and, and, you know, number of games in a day, do you prefer playing a three on three style of hockey or do you prefer the five on five style? Uh, I actually prefer the five on five, but it's been a while. We haven't like played it, but uh, I prefer the five on five uh, like tournament events. But like if, if it was on a, uh, to play in a league, uh, I like the three on three because the three on three they have here they have outdoor facilities, so it's nice outside. You're playing three on three, then you go out with the guys at the bar. You can watch the games from the terrace. So the feel, the vibe is is a lot better. The five on five rinks, it's tough to have the same type of facility because of the cost and and sure. other factors as well. Sure, mm-hmm. but as far as gameplay and and style of play, which would you say you prefer? Five on five. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Why yeah. just open, more open space and more open space. Yeah. It's a lot, it's more related to like to ice hockey as well. So for me, five on five really is more similar to the, to the ice hockey style, which is, uh, which is a lot better. So nice. of all, of all the tournaments that you guys have been in, what are some of the biggest, some of the most notable wins, or if you had to pick maybe one tournament that's do or die every year, which tournament is that? <laughs> uh, like I said, the five on five is uh, it's tough. We haven't went to an event like uh, in, in a long time. We're going to we're actually very excited to go to the Pittsburgh uh, in May, uh, which we got invited. So we're we're pretty That's excited already. about that. But uh, I guess the Burles they have an end of year tournament, and they they put all the the sauce on that event. It's like crazy. Uh, actually, Corey from Pittsburgh Gods can maybe uh, tell you a bit about the event. There's so many teams. It's like close to 300 teams, and there's so many people there as well so it makes like a really big vibe so the final everyone's everyone's there watching the game and there's a they have a ceremony before the game and everything so alex burles as well does a great job with patrick ducharme to to spice things up and to to make it a a great event so that's like the the last event of the year that you worked for during the whole year to to get at that event and the grand prize is a ten thousand dollars to the winning team so and you're eight players right so so is the Burroughs Cup uh, the one you look forward to the most, your favorite tournament? Yeah, or... right, right now, yeah. But now that it's over, we're looking really forward to Pittsburgh because we're there's been a lot of uh, a lot of trash talk that we we don't go outside of Quebec uh, for <laughs> for certain events. So we're we're just taking that in. We're trying not to go too much social media and to to act to that because uh, we know we have a lot of respect from many teams and we respect the teams as well. So we're just gonna let our play 
uh, do the talking, but we're really, really pumped for that event. And uh, we we talk about it pretty much every day. We have a couple of group chats, and we're we're getting we're getting ready for that one. Oh, definitely. And I, you know, we're excited for that. We're uh, we're going out there as well for the club championships, and you know, we could probably sit down and grab a beer at some point that weekend. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Guys that are probably listening are going to laugh because I don't really drink beer, so they're probably going to say, yeah, he's not going to really have one to take a sip. But <laughs> well, maybe that's the key to victory. Yeah, we should definitely travel. When I saw you, like, Corey approach you guys and that you guys are coming, I think it's good for the sport to, to try and bring a bit more uh, professionalism and make the guys uh, feel good, you know. And he's, how he's doing things right now, it's, it's bringing a lot of hype to his event, and that's I think that's how it, it, it should be done. That's what attracted us as well, that – He's doing things the right way, so it's it's good for the event and it's good for the players and the sport. So we're glad to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited for it too, and I think the, like you were saying, the promotion that's going around it's it's making it a marquee event and you know getting everybody excited for this weekend coming up in May. Yeah, exactly. He's not he's not just posting. Uh, okay, there's going to be a tournament uh, May 19th, or I, I don't remember the exact date. He's putting time. He's investing his time, money. Uh, and hard work into into this, and it's it's showing. And uh, I think guys, the teams appreciate it a lot. So he's got a lot of demands, but he has to cut down on, on teams. So that that says a lot about how he's doing things, which is great. Absolutely. So what's uh what's the prediction for the tournament? What are, what are you guys are you going in expecting to win? I think every team should. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To have that winning attitude. You don't. You <laughs> must go into like we're pretty confident. We know we have a good core group of guys where we know we're going to be facing adversity at some point in the tournament and it might be the first game we're playing Pittsburgh uh we know we had a, they came try our three on three here uh the game didn't finish as they hoped for I think it was uh, seven nothing if I'm not mistaken and the game the game didn't end so I know they're they're going to take that into into consideration but we also know that they didn't have their whole team there so we're not really uh, thinking we we face the Pittsburgh gods, but we're we're looking forward to that first game that are going to put us against them. I think a lot of people consider, maybe consider you guys the top dogs, maybe consider them the top dogs, but it's certainly going to be a high level of talent. So, do you guys see uh, in whether it be the Burroughs Cup or some of the the tournaments that you guys play in, do you see a lot of American teams, or are they mostly Canadian based? Uh, mostly Canadian, because <clears throat> that's the reason. Also, we don't we don't often go uh, to Ontario or to. It's the cost. It's sometimes it becomes. You do so many events that it becomes like not only cost but time as well. Vacation time with family and and stuff like that. Guys are getting older. Uh, different priorities, so that comes into account as well. But uh, no, for sure, we'd like to to go to Ontario or to USA as much as possible, but they come here like Bobby Hauser brings a team most of the, every year they come down. Uh, Corey brought a team this year. So on the biggest events, you're going to see some to attract the, the public and try to help grow the sport. But on a, a normal calendar year, there's mostly local, the, the top local teams are there. So this May is going to be a, a big, big tournament and a big deal. There's going to be a lot of top level talent from the United States and Canada that maybe they're not really familiar with. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, exactly. So we're going to hopefully settle score. And uh, like everyone's going in there and everyone's focused now. So we, we have time. There's no excuses for anyone, right? So everyone has time to prepare. 
So hopefully uh, at the end uh, we come out on top. But there's a lot of good teams, so anything really could happen. So uh, we're just anxious to see the caliber and see how everyone's gonna gonna show up. So. Well, we can't wait. We'll be there uh, cheering you guys on. I'm not sure who we'll be rooting for, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> There's so many good teams, but I'm just glad that we don't have to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah it's going to be a good, uh, good games to watch as well. So if you're a fan uh, and you guys want to come down, for sure, uh, it's going to be great to watch. It's great caliber. And it, guys, are like we played the Pittsburgh uh, on the three-on-three, and uh, we battled each other, and once the whistle's blown, uh, there's a lot of respect. So I think that's that's what we're going to show as well at, at those uh, in Pittsburgh. So uh, we're, we're anxious, and we wish good luck to everyone. And uh, like I said, hopefully the, the trash talkers after will uh, will uh, settle score with them after. <laughs> Maybe a friendly wager for future games happening. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll keep it for the glory. It's good. <laughs> Well, we're certainly looking forward to seeing everybody out there. We plan on doing some of the live interviews and things. I don't know if you'd seen some of the interviews that we did for our local tournament here, but we uh, plan to take some of that on the road and really bring people as much coverage of things as we possibly can because it's certainly going to shape up to be a great weekend and a lot of great hockey. But uh, Nelson, any final thoughts here? Uh, well, I just want to thank you guys. What You guys are doing a, a great job, and uh, I saw the interviews also with Nick and, and Patrick uh, Levesque, which were doing a good job in the U.S. as well. So I think you guys are going to help uh, help build this sport what we want it to be. And uh, if we could all push the same way uh, together, I think it's just going to be good for the future. So Well, it takes a group effort. We really do appreciate you taking some time to you know give us a look behind the curtain there with one of the best teams in the world. So, uh, Nelson, we appreciate having you on. Best of luck. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thank you. All right, that was Nelson Vargas-Diaz with the Montreal Red Light. Really appreciate him coming on, helping us uh, get a look at some really high-level hockey there up north. But I think that wraps it up for another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. Good little playoff wrap-up, but Shaq, what did we learn tonight? I learned there's a lot going on across North America. I think we've said that a few times, but having the insight to Red Light and that high level of play, I'm just looking forward to Pittsburgh in May. Mock, what'd you learn? I think my number one takeaway is that Lady Daly's will conquer the world eventually maybe not this season but eventually in due I have time. faith i have faith all right guys that's going to wrap it up for another episode of deck hockey focus be on the lookout for future episodes where we're going to continue conversations about here locally in the midwest and iowa and what's going on but also around north america and the worlds uh that are coming up in november so good luck in the playoffs to everybody get out there and score some goals